One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. As we are essentially a hospital radio station, I'm very pleased that my guest today on Music Was My First Love is GP and senior partner with the Cardiff practice, Dr. David Gerson. We'll hear plenty from David and talk about his musical choices, career and the health service in general after his first choice, which is from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Where secrets lie in the border fires and the humming wise, man, you know you're never coming. Dr. David Gerson, welcome to Radio Glamorgan. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I want to know, was choosing 10 songs as hard as diagnosing a patient's bad leg? Oh, much, much harder. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, of my favourite groups, I could have easily had 10 songs of each of the favourite groups, but I decided not to do that, and then I had a list of about 40, which I then whittled down <laughs> to about 25, and then somehow I had to sacrifice some, so uh, yes, it was very challenging, but good fun. Tell me about Red Right Hand. Well, I mean, number one, I think it's a great song, but I primarily chose it because uh, when you said you were going to talk to me about my life and my career and my music, I thought, well, I'll go back to the beginning, and I originate from Birmingham, and this wonderful song um, is the theme tune, of course, to Peaky Blinders, which is one of my favourite all-time TV shows, which is set in Birmingham in the 1920s. Absolutely love it. So it reminds me of Birmingham. I had thoughts of maybe doing something like ELO, Mr Blue Sky, because mm -hmm. they play that when my beloved Birmingham City walk out onto the pitch, but I thought that's a bit of a naff song <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of a naff team most of the time, but that, that's another story. So, uh, you qualified in 83? I did. And joined the practice that you're still at in 87. So what were you doing in the intervening years? Well, when you qualify, you, you do then called house jobs and now called foundation year training. Um, basically, you're the junior, the ward junior, which I did in Swansea for six months and then in Llandoc for six months. And then I did a three-year GP training scheme. So you're a qualified doctor, but you basically learn how to be a GP. And then I joined the practice. And was being a GP what you had your heart set on rather than hospital-based? Always, yeah. I, I'd wanted to be a GP since I was a child, mainly because I had a fabulous family doctor, GP, when I was growing up. He was really old school, and I just remember uh, whenever any of us were ill, he would come to the house. You know, home visits are very rare these mm. days. My mum would get a tray out with tea and biscuits and cake, and he'd certainly chat away, and he was a delightful man, real old school, with a little bow tie and a little rose in his, his lapel, and, and he used to bring me things back from his holidays, and I thought, what a great job. So I wanted to be a GP before I knew, actually, that there were other kind of doctors, because, thank God, I was very well, I never went to hospital, mm. and, so was, and, and my training didn't change that. So, uh, so you yeah. wanted to be a GP for the cake? <laughs> yeah, I actually don't eat cake now, but there is another thing. Tell me about your second choice from Solomon Gray and Slow Motion Picture. So this is a slightly obscure song. Um, it's actually a beautiful, beautiful song, which I picked up because I was watching a, a TV show with my wife, Lisa, and, uh, and we, we hear music, and I use this Shazam app on my phone because it was a lovely, lovely song. We don't, I don't listen to an awful lot of music radio. I listen to mainly podcasts, or I listen to stuff I've got on my phone or CDs. And I really enjoyed this. But the reason I've picked this is actually because I wanted to talk a little bit about my parents. My parents were a great influence on my life, but they were hugely cultured and big fans of classical music. And whilst I, I like classical music, I didn't want to actually include any in here, but they, they were very much into theatre and culture, etc. And what they told me about is that when you appreciate 
culture or art, don't try and dissect it. Don't try and look for hidden meanings. Just enjoy it. Just let the effects, if like, wash over you. So this song is one of my favourite songs now. I absolutely adore it. I have no idea what it's about. I don't know what the lyrics mean, and that's the point of this. It doesn't matter. It, it just is a wonderful, wonderful piece of music. No. You grew up in Birmingham. Was there a lot of music at home? There was, but it was all classical music. I didn't discover pop music till I think I was ten, when I sort of ventured into the family lounge and uh, <laughs> discovered the wireless, as it was referred to in those days, and discovered Radio One, and I was absolutely hooked ever since. I don't dislike classical music, and I don't dislike Shakespeare, which my parents were absolutely obsessed with, but it's just a little bit... Possibly I was uh, overdosed on it when I was younger and uh, rebelled a little bit. I mean, it's hardly a, a rebellion of, of these proportions. Did you pick up other music tapes from contemporaries in school? Yes, absolutely. So when I started going to school, people were getting into pop music and David Bowie and then later in Queen and 10CC and all these kind of things when I was growing up in the 70s, which I, I really, really enjoyed and really related to. And then towards a sixth form in school, so I was about 16, 17, so this is 76, 77, I um, got into progressive rock, or prog rock as it is, which is coming up to my next track, which has started a sort of quite an obsession with this band called Genesis. And I, I guess they're, they're the closest to classical music within rock music, if you like, and you know, great long whole tracks for the whole side of an album and all this kind of stuff. And that, that, that was what we were all into at the time. So were you a Yes fan as well? A bit, yeah, a bit. It went slightly over my head, I have to say. But I like groups like Camel and, uh, yeah. and people like that, and Barclay James Harvest and Brokal Harum and things like that. that. That kind of stuff was very much in. And when you're at school, you know, you, you belong in a certain group, a certain area. And I, my friends were into prog rock, and that's what I really did enjoy. Well, this next track is a Genesis track, as you said, that I'm not familiar with. So tell us about Firth of Fifth. I think it encapsulates all the real musical quality of this band the, the opening piano sequences really concert level piano playing and and it contains i think my favorite genesis guitar solo towards the end it is a very long shot it's very self-indulgent it's about nine minutes long it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine and i occasionally now even though i've sort of moved on in my musical taste i'll go back to an old genesis track and it's a uh, great nostalgia for me We should confess at this stage that we've known each other almost 30 years. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, so, knowing what I know about your musical tastes, as we head on to your fourth choice, where did your love of blues come from? Accidentally. I was at home in Birmingham and bought a Best of the Rolling Stones album, which I loved then. I still love the Rolling Stones. I think they're a fantastic band. And very much now, with hindsight, can see they're very much steeped in the blues um and one of my favorite tracks off the album was little red rooster and then i spoke to friends and i had a friend at school who was into blues and then he said this is a very old blues track so i thought that's interesting so i 
this is all pre-CD days. So I went over the, uh, to King's Heath, which was the local shopping area, to our little record shop, which I should frequent, and had a look through the section, just picked up a random blues record, which I remember now is called Chicago, The Blues Today, and absolutely blew me away. Uh, it was like nothing I'd heard before, and it just felt like real music, just real earthy, gutsy music, and it was a lot of the 1920s crackly, you know, just some guy on his guitar and stomping his feet. And they all had such wonderful names, Sonny Boy this and Lemonhead that, and I, I just thought it was fabulous. And I, I loved it to this day, Blues music, absolutely wonderful. I, I want to recall a story when you and I and a crowd of others went to the Old Arms Park for the, yeah, tsunami the Tsunami charity gig. Yeah. And we weren't all sitting together. Two of our friends, Neil and Michelle, were sitting somewhere else. Neither of us knew what Neil was doing there because he wasn't a big music lover. <laughs> Correct. And you and I were only there for Clapton. Correct. He was coming on the end. So Jules Holland comes on, does his bit. Eric, and by this stage, a lot of people had left. So Neil and Michelle came over and sat next to us. So Jules Holland and his band are doing their bit. And then he introduces Clapton and Clapton comes on in an Armani suit like he owned Correct. the place. Yeah. He says, we're going to play some blues for you. And Neil turned to you to speak, and you just looked at him, wagged your finger, and said, we don't talk during Clapton. Correct. <laughs> uh, correct. <laughs> that is it. I mean, when Clapton plays the blues, you listen. And that was actually a fantastic... It was a tsunami money-making uh, concert. I remember there was Keane, and there was Kelly Jones from the Stereophonics. It was a, I became actually, a Mannix fan that day. Yeah. I always thought the Mannix were overrated. They did 20 minutes. They were fantastic. Well, there's a Mannix track coming up, but I, I agree. I, I, I think it was great. But... We didn't know whether Clapton was going to be playing blues or playing his rock track. I, I quite like his rock music. I'm not mad on it. But when he plays the blues, he is an absolute genius. Mm. And um, he put on a fabulous show. So Neil talking in my ear about Cardiff City or something wasn't. No, no. That was not going to happen. Who was Sonny Boy Williamson? Well, he's just one of the great original blues men. He plays the sort of country blues, the original stuff. The track I've chosen is actually from, I think, the 1950s or 60s. Um, some of his stuff goes back earlier. And actually, on this very first album I bought, Chicago the Blues, there was a version of this by another artist, but, uh, which I just loved. But he was singing it as a tribute to Sonny Boy Williamson, so I thought, well, it's a great track. I really need to dig out the original. And when I heard the original, I thought, no, this is, this is fabulous, and it's probably my favourite blues track of all time. I might mop the floor, but you... Help me, baby. You know, if you don't help me, darling, I'll find myself somebody else. Now, for a band with a, a massive following for your next choice, and I know you're a huge fan, Muse with Unintended. Yeah, Muse, again, have become my obsession. They're my favourite band. They're the most amazing live band they put together, incredible shows. I went to see them with my son Joe only a couple of months ago in Birmingham. They never disappoint. I've seen them about eight or nine times now. I first got into them ten plus years ago when in Birmingham and uh, meeting my family and my sister, the family of Dan and my niece, who was about 15 at the time, was wearing a T-shirt with Muse written on it. And I just couldn't stop giggling because... Muse was and still is a, uh, a medical treatment for erectile dysfunction. I just thought it was rather amusing for a 15-year-old girl to wear a T-shirt, potentially advertising something for that kind of a problem. So I had to speak to her about that, and she said, well, have a listen, because she was listening to it through her, her music system. And I thought, oh, this sounds very interesting. And from then on, I got really into them. This, uh, at the time, their second album w was out, and um, The Origin of Symmetry, but the 
track I've chosen is unintended. It's it's a muser of very at times heavy rock band, very loud, full on, almost like the queen of the modern day, full theatricals, etc. But this is a very simple ballad song, which is my wife Lisa and I. It's one of our very favourite song. It's not a well-known one. They unfortunately never play it live, but it's absolutely my favourite track. It's called Unintended. I have no deep insight into this song, meaning or memories. I just love that song. Some of your favourite songs, after you've played them and overplayed them, you just get a bit tired. But I never, never get tired of this. It just yeah. makes me happy. It's impossible not to sing along, not to tap your foot. Just a wonderful, wonderful music. While I've got you here, I wanted to talk to you about one of the biggest social changes in the UK regarding health over the last three to five years, and something we talk about a lot on Radio Glamorgan, that's mental health. Yeah. Have you and, and GPs in general seen an increase over the last few years of patients opening up? Yes, uh, I'm glad you said that opening up, because I don't think there's an increase in mental health problems. I think there's an increase in people talking about their mental health problems. And I think publicity on shows like this and nationally about mental health awareness is so, so important because if someone's suffering with mental health problems, invariably they lack a level of self-confidence and, and they think often they're the only person who's feeling the way they do. And to know that a lot of other people out there and there is help available is crucial to people coming forward because there is help out there. It's not as readily available as we would like. That's a, a separate point but it is out there so yeah and, and, and it is increasing and it's dominating what i do somebody estimated that maybe up to one in three of all gp consultations are in some way stress related mm. shall we say yeah uh, which is huge and is it gender specific because we talk a lot about men's mental health we don't talk about women's but have women always been open about it uh, yes I, I i think there's no higher incidence in one gender above the other okay i'm not a statistician so i don't believe so it's just that women i think find it easier to talk about it than men do and so now the fact that men are doing it but men with mental health problems we tend to take note not that we preference them but but if a man comes forward admitting they're having mental health problems we know generally it would take an awful lot for them to come forward and admit to it that they're struggling your next choice on Music Was My First Love is, I guess, a favourite film of yours, Pulp Fiction. Tell me about Dick Hale and his Deltones. It, it's all about the film and not about Dick Tale or his <laughs> <laughs> Deltones, actually. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is my all-time favourite filmmaker. I have a worrying fascination with violent films, <laughs> which is slightly concerning. I remember we, we had a rabbi once, and he just uh, started, and I was having a meeting with him, and my phone went off, which was very uh, naughty. I hadn't switched it off. Anyway, at the time, my ringtone was this upcoming piece of music from Pulp Fiction, so I, I quickly switched it off, and uh, the rabbi looked at me and said, I think it's a little worrying that the doctor in the caring <laughs> profession likes Quentin Tarantino films and Pulp Fiction, to which I turned back, I was quite sharp, and said, 
I think it's a little bit worrying that an Orthodox rabbi has actually heard <laughs> and recognised the theme tune to Pulp Fiction. But no, one of the reasons I like Tarantino films is his use of music in his films are fantastic. Great story. And, and this is my absolute favourite film, Pulp Fiction, and the theme tune. I think. <laughs> Eighth choice is from the legendary Stevie Ray Vaughan, someone else we lost too early. Indeed. It does seem that all the great, great performers die too soon, and uh, maybe that helps give them legendary status. But I, I, I would have struggled to have chosen ten blues songs, as we've discussed. I love the blues. So I, I took, chose an older one with Sonny Boy Williamson, a more up-to-date one. It's actually in the 1980s, so it's not that recent. But it's a fabulous, fabulous track. It's called Pride and Joy. She my pride. A couple of Welsh bands as we head to the end of your list, David. And first up, possibly the biggest, although fans of your final choice may disagree, <laughs> uh, Stereophonics. You're a big fan. Big, big, big fan. I, 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 Kelly Jones's voice, his gravelly tone voice is absolutely wonderful. Um, saw them in concert, bizarrely, for the first time last year. I went with Sam, my eldest, and uh, at the Cardiff City Stadium. And it's fabulous. And again, such a, such a back catalogue of songs to choose from. And this is just one of my favourite songs of all time, not just one of my favourite stereophonic songs, which is actually not particularly typical of their style or sound, but it's just a fabulous song and you instantly know it as soon as the first chords start. And this is Dakota. <laughs> at the final choice of Dr David Gerson on this edition of Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love and it's a classic from the Manic Street Preachers before you tell me about why the Manics we mentioned earlier the Tsunami concert I was never a fan mm. of the Manics mm. I thought what because they were huge at that time yeah, right. all anybody was talking about I thought what is all the fuss about and we went to this gig they did 20 minutes they had all their speakers set up and I walked away from that concert thinking, now I know. Yeah. Now I know what the fuss is about. Tell us about A Design for Life. It's just one of those songs, as soon as the opening chords start, it just sucks you in. It, it's not the lyrics, it's not the guitar riff, it's just the whole, it's just the whole thing that just takes me over. I have no idea, going back to what I said, I have no idea why I like it, no idea what it's about. Never tire of hearing. I've seen them live, honestly, about eight, ten times, mostly at the Motor Point Arena. <laughs> Always I'm down the front, jumping around like a teenager, making a fool of myself. But It's coming up on almost 40 years since you qualified. Yeah. So as you respectfully, and you mentioned it yourself before, head towards the twilight of your professional career, <laughs> what are the biggest changes for good that you've seen in the National Health Service in that time? For good, I suppose, digitalisation, better diagnostic skills, huge advances in the treatment of some cancers, being absolutely unbelievable cancers which were just lethal when I was training, which now you can, you know, got 90 plus percent cure rates, things like that are wonderful. But it's not, it's not always good. My job, I've seen a lot of changes and I, 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 I feel like I'm a grumpy old man now talking about the younger generation. <laughs> I, I always swore I'd never <laughs> use that phrase, but I feel I'm doing it more and more. Is that the kind of challenges we have in, in, in general practice is, is the demand for services and that whereas 
older generation, if they had some self-limiting colds, coughs, etc., would look to self-medicate and ask auntie for her old remedy to help. Now they feel a little bit ill, younger people, and they demand to be seen immediately, and that puts huge pressure on, on our services, seeing people who probably are better placed, you know, um, going to a pharmacy, etc., etc. So uh, I had an incident a couple of weeks ago where I asked somebody what the problem was, and a sore throat, how long had he had it for, and he actually looked at his watch, and he yeah. said, um, <laughs> well, I woke up at 6 o'clock, it's now 10 o'clock, so yeah, about four hours, and I, I just scratched my head thinking, what are we doing here when there's people waiting weeks and weeks to see a GP, mm. but um, there are, that, that's a, a problem which I think politicians and policymakers have to really look at. Dr David Gersey, thanks for coming in. Many, many thanks. I've enjoyed it immensely. Listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where local GP Dr. David Gerson has been choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when another guest chooses their 10 favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. <laughs> <laughs>